With the world becoming increasingly unpredictable when it comes to your family's health, proactivity is key. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit contains eight essential medications like ivermectin, amoxicillin, and z Rest easy knowing that their chief medical team, including Dr. Peter McCullough, stand behind every kit. Visit twc.health slash Prager. Use the promo code Prager for an exclusive 10% discount. Don't take chances. Secure your family's health today with The Wellness Company. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show, coming to you again from Tampa, Florida. Had a wonderful event last night with Mike Gallagher and Sebastian Gorka. Thank thank you all who attended. So, we had about 300,000 people, mostly Jews, unfortunately. Should have been a million, and should have been the best number of non-Jews in support of Israel. But... It is what it is. New York Times reports tens of thousands. If you look at it, you realize that there's a certain dishonesty in that report, but who would charge the New York Times with any dishonesty? Its commitment is to all the news that's fit to print, and that's how they see themselves in any event. Tens of thousands when there there were about... Uh, 290,000 is the wide estimate. You could look at the pictures. You tell me tens of thousands is honest. I mean, in, it's it's literally honest. You you could have said thousands, right? <laughs> could have said many dozens, <laughs> many dozens of protesters. Notice uh, more than one. That's that's another possibility. It's right. The, the peaceful nature of the of the demonstration of the protest is worthy of note. The lack of hate and people still apparently there is some real support uh, for uh, the enemies of Israel. There's a, a story I'm sure you have not uh, encountered, and it is of uh, about what is it? I think. Seven, eight hundred Jews from Detroit went to support Israel in D.C. And the, they contracted, they, they chartered a a private, private planes in order to do it. And they were, they chartered a, uh, a bus company or a limousine company, I don't know which. Uh, to pick them up at the airport and take them to the area where there was the demonstration on behalf of Israel. And nobody came. They came from Detroit, spent all that money, their own money, nobody funded it, and stayed at the airport all day. Because the uh, the drivers would not take Jews to a demonstration on behalf of Israel. This is my United States of America, 2023. 
they they called in sick. I I certainly hope that they sue the company, and I hope that those drivers are fired. But no, I don't know if either will will prevail. But the story is uh, a distressing story. They would jeopardize their jobs and lie because they cheated these people. Oh, we'll pick you up and then never come. And they never got to their destination. Apparently, you can't, I don't know what what rules there are, but they couldn't be picked up at the tarmac by anybody else. I I don't know exactly why, but they they were stranded on the tarmac all day. And just uh, eventually went back to Detroit. It's, uh, there's, there are two polls that are out. I'd like to ask you, this will be a very interesting area of input from you. So here is one story from The Hill. U.S. support for Israel is declining amid ongoing war in Gaza survey. Majority of Americans now back a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war, though the Biden administration has strongly spoken against such a move, according to Reuters' Ipsos poll published yes, uh, published today, Wednesday. Poll respondents showed less support for Israel than at the start of the conflict, showing changing opinions as the war reaches its sixth week. About 32% of respondents said the U.S. should support Israel, down from 41%. Many now believe that the U.S. should instead be a neutral mediator in the conflict instead of taking a side. That rate has increased to 39 from 27. 15% of respondents said the U.S. should back Palestinian interests in the war, which is largely unchanged. The drop in support mostly apparent among older respondents comes after weeks of relentless airstrikes and so and so on. Nearly 70% of Americans said the Israeli government should pursue a ceasefire, including three-quarters of Democrats and half of Republicans. Okay, so let's, let's understand, uh, let's take a look at one other poll, and you tell me which you believe. That's what I'm curious to know. What your family and friends... What what are their what are their takes on uh, on on this issue? Are they are they in the middle? Are they pro-Israel? Are they pro-Palestinian? That's uh, that's the question. So here's another poll. Most U.S. Ad- adults from the Jerusalem Post. Most U.S. adults support IDF Gaza offensive to beat Hamas and free hostages. A new poll reveals that a significant 67% of Americans support Israel's continued military efforts. Now, who who released that poll is the question. All right, well, this is a new Harris poll, Harris X poll. Okay, more than 8 in 10 Americans express their belief that Israel has a responsibility to protect its citizens. Survey conducted online from November 11th to 12th, 1,331 adults. So which do you think... That's the question. Which do you think is accurate? One eight Prager seven seven six, eight seven seven two four three triple seven six. 
Which do you think is accurate on the basis of your kids, uh, your uh, your friends, for that matter, you? But I, I assume most people listening to this show support Israel. But you you have relatives and friends, and I'd like to know what they think. I'd li- I have no idea which poll is is accurate. I would be very interested in interviewing the people who refused to pick up the Jews from Detroit and take them to the demonstration. What, what makes them tick? Why would they have their company betray people who signed a contract with them and not pick them up? It's a, it's a big deal what they did, these drivers. ongoing issues in our country. There are so many ongoing issues. Fascinating. You know, we put out at PragerU a documentary called D-Trans. And it featured a young man and a young woman, the man who who thought he was a woman and went through surgeries and the like, hormone blockers. And a young woman who thought she was a man and she went through similar things. She had her breasts removed. She, Both of them came to the PragerU Gala. I met both of them. I hugged them both. It is, uh, it is so interesting, the amount of hatred directed at us for making this documentary. In other words, anyone who puts out any information with regard to people who regret having done the most extreme things to their bodies should not be heard because they represent less than 1% of people who transitioned. That's that's the line every single left-wing source that attacked us said. Less than 1%. Do you believe that? Do you believe fewer than one in 100 young people who had their breasts removed or their penis removed and took hormone blockers, only less than one in 100 regrets that they did that? Is there anybody listening who believes that? But truth is not a left-wing value. I literally mean that. I've said it for, for decades. It doesn't matter. If truth mattered, you would not be a leftist. You could be a liberal, you could be a conservative, but you would not be a leftist. You should see it, by the way. It's free. Everything at PragerU is. Go to PragerU.com and watch the film. This is not an ad. It's a request. We'll be back. Gold dealers are a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. What sets these companies apart and who can you really trust? This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion, my choice for buying precious metals. When you buy precious metals, it's imperative that you buy from a trustworthy and transparent dealer who protects your best interests. So many companies use gimmicks to take advantage of inexperienced gold and silver buyers. Be cautious of brokers offering free gold and silver or brokers that want to sell you overpriced collectible coins claiming they appreciate more than gold and silver. What about hidden commissions and huge markups? Nick Grovich and his team at AmFed always have my back. That's why I mention his name in each 
commercial message for him. Nick's been in this industry over 42 years, and he's established a reputation built on trust, transparency, and fair pricing. If you're interested in buying or selling, call Nick Grovich and his team at Amfed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. Kathy in El Segundo, California. Hello. Hold on. Sean, I'm clicking and nothing is happening. In the mezuzas? All right. That I yeah. bought five of them on I bought five of them on Amazon yesterday and I was talking to one of my Jewish neighbors asking some questions and he was so moved, he gave me a big hug. And he told me that uh, if I would like, he would come and give the traditional Jewish blessing when it's in snow. And what I a just, beautiful story. And so little on my part to do something so important. Um, I'm 80, and, and I definitely support Israel and the Jewish people. And I just think, as Christians, there's no reason we can't do this. It's our God, our Bible. Uh, it's a, I didn't realize it would be such a wonderful thing. So thank you so much, and I'm so glad that I'm doing it. Thank you. I, I, it's, a, it's a very beautiful thing. I, I am starting this national campaign that non-Jews put a mezuzah, the little box with scripture in it, and you can just put the box up because the point is the symbol here. And in effect, to emulate some stories that I wrote in my column, you can see it at DennisPrager.com, the column, where Jews were singled out and non-Jews said, we are all Jews. This is about as dramatic and beautiful and, and, and not a big, it's not risky. It, it's, it, it's, it's so powerful, though, as her Jewish neighbors were so moved. I think this could do a massive amount, aside from everything else, in the way people see themselves and the way Jews see their Christian neighbors. It's a beautiful thing to do. Read my column so you'll understand what it is. The box that, the little box that could change America. That's that's the column. That uh, it, it is an interesting and important question. Which poll do you think is accurate? that more Americans favor a ceasefire and are more and more Americans are being, quote, neutral. To be neutral between Hamas and Israel is to forfeit moral seriousness. It's, it's, a, it's not surprising to me the left has, has destroyed the conscience of a vast number of people, people who... Think in terms of black and white, rich and poor, oppressor and oppressed, not in terms of good and evil. It's been a war against good and evil all of my lifetime. They couldn't call the Soviet Union evil. Yeah, there are a lot of people neutral between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. No, it's just two economic systems, communism and capitalism, or two superpowers struggling it out for hegemony. This is not new, moral blindness, moral idiocy. It's not new. 
but it's it's reaching uh, very very remarkable and dangerous proportions. Mike Gallagher was telling me yesterday, my colleague Mike Gallagher, he was one of those members of the press who went to the Israeli embassy and was invited to see the film about what really happened on October 7th. And he was quite shaken. The more you read about the day, what he said, what most struck him was the jubilation they had when they shot children. If you can't see the difference between targeting families and families being used as shields by the people who did that and thereby dying when there is a response, if you can't see the moral distinction, it shows what a good job college and high school has done in blunting your ability to see the difference between right and wrong. Yeah, it's quite it's quite something. All right, let's see here. View full screen. Do I have that option? Hmm. Let's see. Well, all right. I have to look at this. It's not the easiest to do on the road. Okay. Ah, beautiful. Let me hear from oh here in uh, here in Tampa. Tony, hello. Hey Dennis, it's great to uh to see you last night in Tampa. Appreciate you coming. Thank you. And appreciated your words. Uh Thank you. we were in Israel uh this last this summer and uh noticed the mezuzahs everywhere. And right. I, I said to my wife, I said, uh, we're Christian, and I said, uh, let's get one. Let's put one uh, outside of our door. And uh, she said, well, we better find out if we can do it. And so we asked a rabbi uh, that we were talking to, and he said, oh, absolutely, you can. And so we bought one, and uh, we put a uh, blessing inside of it, and we have it on our door. God bless you. Have you gotten any comments? Have people asked, what yeah. is it? Our neighbors have, and they've all uh, marveled at it. And uh, one of our neighbors even said, well, we're going to do that too. Thank you. Well, please pass around my column in your church and among friends so that, that people start doing it in great, great numbers. This is, a, this is a very, very dangerous time we're living in. It's not just dangerous for Jews. Please understand every society that allowed anti-Semitism to arise has ended up crushed. I'm not saying because God did it. I'm just saying it happens. It is, it is the canary in the mind, the Jew. That's, that's, that's the role. I, there's nothing the Jews can do about it. But there is something the non-Jews can do about it. Back in a moment. Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop at the pillow. Mike also created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. 
These sheets look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for overall health. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's latest deal is the sale of the year for a limited time. You'll receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets, marking prices down as low as $29.98, depending on the size. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcasts square, and use the promo code Prager. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper, MyPillow kitchen towel sets, and so much more. Call 800-761-6302 or go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Prager. There's a bizarre part of the, uh, at least to me, of the story of the Jews from Detroit who would not be picked up at Dulles Airport. They were stranded there, 300 of them. I said 700 earlier because a few hundred did get to go. Stranded there all day. They would not be taken because the bus drivers so hate Israel that they would not take these people to uh, the a demonstration. What, one of the puzzles, it's a big one to me, is why they would they refused repeatedly to say the name of the company. I can't think of a reason. But obviously if they didn't tell me or they didn't tell the public, I don't know either. Okay, let's see here. Uh James in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Hello. Oh, Mr. Prager. Hi. How are you? Good. Um, my comment, uh, what I told your screener is, is I just, I simply cannot understand why people cannot understand how evil these subhuman creatures are when all you have to do is... Uh, Wait, what, what cre- wait, which which creatures are you referring to? The Hamas people. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, why they can't uh, figure this out. Because you look at pictures of that poor girl that they probably raped, shot, stripped naked, were spitting on her, hitting her, uh, while they're sitting there with their uh, AK-47 shooting off into the, you know, the brave warriors that they are. Yeah, and nobody can figure out that this is just evil incarnate. That's right. That's correct. Well, I I will be open about my own life. None of this surprises me. Those of you who have followed me for 40 years of my broadcasting and even more than that of writing. You know, I have said that evil is not dark. Evil is so bright, people cannot look into it. People can look into the dark. They can't look into piercing light. The denial of evil. Was it Ernest Becker wrote the denial of death? The greatest denial is not death. Most, Most people at some point... No, they will die. 
but people can live entire lives be and be oblivious to what real evil is. And you know what happens. Again, one of my constant themes, when you don't fight real evils, you fight evils that you make up. So if you don't fight Hamas, the same people who are neutral between Hamas and Israel loathe the United States for being systemically racist and imperialist and colonialist and all the other ists. That's what happens. Greta Thunberg is pro-Palestinian, this troubled young woman. Pro-Palestinian because she knows the great evil. Her, her great evil in the world is carbon dioxide, carbon emissions. Where do you think the Greens stand on the Hamas-Israel war? Where do you think they stand? Right? Theoretically, there should be no predicting. Greens should be as divided as anybody else. You think they are? I've seen no poll to prove my point. But I would bet money, and I'm not at all a gambler, I would bet money that green activists are disproportionately anti-Israel. Now, why would that be? Is Israel a great carbon dioxide polluter? Really, why would that be? Part of the reason would be because the Green Movement is an attempt to undo the West's economic system. That's why. It has much greater aims. If it, if it only aimed to reduce carbon emissions, they would have advocated nuclear power for the last half century. Pure, clean, proven energy. And it doesn't even kill birds. 1-8 Prager 776, we return. Good and evil, that's, that's the issue. I've been obsessed with it my whole life. Uh, it's, we're born with natures. It's something I have reluctantly made peace with. People are born with natures. Everybody has the same human nature but we are also born with our individual nature. The reason that I have struggled with accepting it is that in some ways it it doesn't suggest pure free will. If you have a nature, it's it, you can overcome it, the bad parts anyway. I don't mean evil parts, just even bad parts. I mean, I'm in, as I've said often, my, I'm inherently lazy. So what I did is I've taken on so much work that I, I can't express my inherent laziness. So everybody has parts of their nature to fight. Everybody has some good parts to their nature. I'm, I'm not talking morally now. I'm talking productively or non-productively. But, or not but, And so I am saying that I have had this in my nature, a hatred of evil. I hated school bullies, and since I was always the biggest kid, I would often beat up the bully. My father was called to school so often that uh, he just assumed any day he didn't get a call from the school was a good day. So I know that that's built in, but I also believe that 
the power of reason is great. And I could show people for whom hatred of evil is not built in how they should, in fact, hate evil. That's why my favorite verse in the Bible is those of you who love God must hate evil. It's a command. Hebrew has a command form in its verbs. English does not. So we add the word must. You must hate evil. If you don't hate evil, you don't love God. So I hate Hamas. I, I, I don't know why that's that's a toughie. Hezbollah, Hamas, the Iranian regime, the Nazis, the communist regimes. What? what really? We, I should do an hour at least on that subject. What stops people from hating evil? You know, I, I haven't explored that at, uh, at length. What is what is the what is it in the human condition that pushes somebody to be neutral between Hamas and Israel? I'll plague on both their houses. If there is a more obvious example of good versus evil in the world today, I'd like to know what it is. Right. Anyway, my mezuzah campaign is catching on here. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, here's a good one. Gail in Minneapolis. Hello. Dennis, I'm so happy to talk with you. Monday, I was babysitting my grandson, and Tuesday, our daughter was in D.C., and I had the march on all day. And I have to say, I did not hear the show for the last two days. And I manage the gift shop at Temple Israel in Minneapolis. We're the seventh or eighth largest congregation in the country, Reformed Congregation, we have a very small but busy shop. And the last few days, I've been fielding these mezuzah calls, and I had no idea what was going on. And probably the third person who called to ask me about the mezuzot, he finally said, do you listen to Dennis Prager? And I said, you know, I do, and I've missed the show, like the last two, three days. And so, oh, he said, I'm on a hunt for a mezuzah, and... I knew he wasn't Jewish, and he doesn't live close to the shop at all, and he's not online. He needed directions to the synagogue, and he said, tell me about these mezuzahs. And I I said, you know, I have a huge, huge selection. They're from all over the world, every price range, and, and I'll be happy to give you a sheet that I give with every sale. It has the prayer for affixing the mezuzah. You'll know exactly how to hang it and and the prayer is in Hebrew and English and transliterated. I said, you can make a, a little ritual out of hanging it. I said, I'm, I'm all set to meet you. And we had such a lovely conversation. And that was followed by a forced call. So really, I mean, the word is out in the Twin Cities. I just was overwhelmed. And I was totally in the dark. I turned on the radio just a little bit ago. And, and I started to get a drift of this, and it was like, oh, my God, that's what I'm getting all these mazuzas. So I have, I have a couple. There's a beautiful story. I have a few questions. What denomination yes. is your synagogue? We are Reformed. Temple Israel is a big Reformed right. congregation in the Twin Cities. So do me a favor and tell your rabbi what I've started here. I totally will. She was just in D.C. She'll be back by Friday night. Good, good, and 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 have her uh, announce it so that we could spread the word. I I and, am just 
overwhelmed and i and i really have a beautiful big showcase and two shelves well, are right. all mezuzot well it's I also mean, uh, well obviously there's a benefit here of bringing christians and jews together amazing that's another, amazing he said i've never been there benefit. i'll find your synagogue right. i said i look forward exactly. to meeting you it was terrific it was terrific <gasps> well thank you it's a beautiful story this, uh, what, what she needs to do is to send my article to the, her rabbi and let the rabbi then just put it in the synagogue bulletin. I assume the rabbi and my politics are different because she's a reform rabbi, but it's irrelevant. This has no political overtone. So we'll find out. As you know, folks, I'm a big behaviorist. Doing is what all that matters. I don't care what people think. I care what people do. Gotten into a lot of uh, interesting discussions on that matter. But this is a great example of doing, and as, because I believe that when you do, it shapes your thoughts, and it shapes your feelings, and it shapes your life. Behavior is almost everything. And the ramifications of this program that I've started of non-Jews putting up a mezuzah on their doorpost are incalculably positive. We continue on the Dennis Prager Show. Did you know that close to 90% of pharmaceuticals in the U.S. are produced outside of the U.S.? So what happens when the next global crisis strikes? Countries clamp down on exports, they stockpile, the prices of drugs rise, and the pharmaceutical shelves in America are empty. That's where the Wellness Company can help. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit holds eight life-saving medications that every American should keep in his or her home. If you have Tylenol, you should have this kit. The kit contains antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics like amoxicillin, ivermectin, z and more. It also includes a 22-page guidebook with instructions on safe usage. From benign tick bites to extreme bioterror events, every scenario is covered. Head to twc.health slash Prager and grab your medical emergency kit. That's twc.health slash Prager. Code Prager to save 10% at checkout. This is the emergency kit that you want to have on hand. Be safe, be prepared, and stay well. Kits are only available in the USA. Are you listening, Doctor? Yes, yes, yes. Go yes, on, yes, go yes. On. Go on, go on, go on, go on. My friends, every Wednesday, the second hour of the Dennis Prager Show is devoted to the most honest talk about men and women, of which I am aware in the American media. Uh, we still got that reflection on the eye, guys. Let's try to move the light, because uh, it's like a, it's like an eye test. <laughs> yeah, let me see. Can I get it in right? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. All right, my friends, this is it, the male-female hour. I don't only talk about what is happening in the world because we also have our lives to live. So here is a another review, which I do periodically, of a male-female difference, one that is the source of a vast amount of pain in the human condition. It's, it's in the sexual arena, and people often... Avoid this issue 
or deny this issue. Men don't like to talk about it with their wives or girlfriends. Most women don't want to hear it. My belief is that truth sets people free. And acknowledging the elephant in the room is a form of truth-telling. You have to know men and you have to know women. So frequently when, when the issue is broached of sexual differences between men and women, it is usually noted that there's a frequency Men usually are charged with wanting sex more often than their partners. So that's true in some cases, undoubtedly. And it is also true that there are cases where women want it more often than they have it with their man. But the, my point today is not about the frequency issue. There's a more fundamental difference, in my opinion, and a much greater cause of harm between men and women. It is not the frequency issue. It is the variety issue. Men are programmed to have relations with any number of women. I don't mean at the same time, but any number of women. I have three uh, quotes here that I picked up from people that express this. Here's one. Women love a man. Men love women. Women want everything from one man. Men want one thing from every woman. Women sleep with whom they want. Men sleep with whom they can. Uh, Those are pretty powerful quotes. They're accurate. And they are not, I'm not talking about morality and values. That is the obvious antidote uh, to this. But I'm talking about male nature. I debate whether even to mention the following because I have no desire to Uh, gossip, but it's so well known, and and I'm only using it not as a form of judgment. I have have nothing against this man, but many years ago, Hugh Grant, the actor, came to the United States, and uh, he had a girlfriend back home, Elizabeth Hurley, who was considered the sexiest woman in the world, according to internet voting at the time, and she remains a, a very alluring woman. So he had, the, 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 theoretically, one of the most beautiful women in the world as a girlfriend, comes to the United States and pays a, uh, a street prostitute to uh, service him. That's not an issue of frequency, that's an issue of variety. And it is so common for men who are with stunning women to stray often with women who are even less attractive than their wife or their girlfriend. To deny that men are programmed by nature 
to ha- to seek woman after woman is to deny the truth and it's a burden it's a burden on men and it is a burden on women this part of male nature so the the obvious answer is that men have to control it I mean, it's much easier said than done look at how many men have wrecked their family life their professional life in the pursuit not of love but in the pursuit of variety that's the way it is and to deny it means that you went to graduate school where you're told to deny unpleasant realities and where the the feminist outlook on life which is basically will imagine life to be X and therefore life is X has prevailed and you haven't learned the truth. But this is the truth about men. Is it the truth about every man? There's no such thing as every. It doesn't exist. The only thing you could say about every man is they need oxygen to live. Every man needs oxygen and every woman needs oxygen. The the biological universals are universal. Then you can say every. But otherwise, it's, it's, it's not the issue. So if you're a man and you call up and say you have no desire for any other women and never did, I will say congratulations. Somehow or other, God or nature gave you a different nature than 95% of men. But it, it doesn't prove a thing. And that that is the way it is. So men have to control themselves and women have to appreciate that a faithful man is a good man and that it is a battle that men have to fight. But the odds are your husband won't tell you this because he thinks it'll hurt you or you'll think he's a pervert or whatever you might think. I've never quite understood why men hide their nature from their wives. The person you should say the most to about yourself is your spouse. To hide aspects of your nature from your spouse is unfortunate. At the very least, it means you don't fully trust your spouse. Oh, if she knows this about me, then there will be bad consequences, or if he knows this about me, there'll be bad consequences. So why would you want to live a life where you hide parts of who you are from your spouse? That is one of the reasons, it's actually the biggest reason why I even talk about subjects like this, because I know how many spouses won't talk about this. So I'm I'm talking on behalf of your of your marriage, on behalf of the person you're married to. My dad was a, a, a deeply God-centered man, a religious Jew, and I got the ability to talk openly about sexual matters from him. He was very open on the subject to his great credit. And he would often say, and he was he had he really loved God. He had a real bond. And he would 
often or periodically say, I really want to ask God, why did he make the sex urge in men so strong? And he was talking about the variety issue. He was not talking about the frequency issue. And to the best of my knowledge, he was faithful for 72 years. 1-8 Prager 776 877 All right, this is the male-female hour on the Dennis Prager Show. And good, getting, uh, it's important that women need to call in too, because this is very difficult for women to hear. I'm talking about a male-female differences difference that needs to be acknowledged, not defended, just acknowledged. Men want variety. Let me give you the three great quotes that I picked up. On the internet, women love a man, men love women. Women want everything from one man, men want one thing from every woman. Women sleep with whom they want, men sleep with whom they can. It's not a defense, it's an explanation of the differences. I've said on occasion, I haven't talked about this in a while, but on the male-female hour, if you got a faithful man who's you know, who, who's attracted to, uh, whom women find attractive, and he's faithful, periodically, thank him. Just as a man should thank a woman for any any number of things. You have a woman who is generally in a good mood. Remember, happy wife makes happy life. That's a, you should think, you should thank your wife. Women have a lot more inner turmoil than men as a general rule. That's the purpose of the male-female hours, to explain men and women to each other and to themselves. Because you don't learn any of this in college. You learn nonsense, either pernicious or innocuous nonsense, but nonsense. That's what that's what you learn by people who know nothing. The major article on on the staggering ignorance of most teachers of the of subjects. It's one of the one of our many 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 really serious problems in our society. But anyway, you don't learn any of this. I learned this when I was a kid, basically, because. I was told that the most important thing I could do in my life is conquer my urges. So I was raised religious. The struggle in my life was with me. That's what I was taught. Kids who go to Christian and Jewish schools, that's what basically what they learn. Your greatest battle is with yourself. Kids in secular schools believe their greatest battle is with America. I would say that's a pretty big difference between the religious and the secular outlooks. One eight Prager seven seven six. Okay, now let's see here. Good, Sherry in Weatherford, Texas. Hello, Sherry. 
Good morning or afternoon. <laughs> that was very sensitive you of you. Yeah, that you would even think to say that. <laughs> you don't know. Do you know uh, what well, time zone I'm on? No, I don't. But yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Go ahead. Um, well, and I understand what you're saying, and 95% of men feel that way, unfortunately. When, if they would just change their mindset a little bit, their marriage would bloom. Well, they, I don't know if they could change their that, mindset. They they could change well, their behavior. I I want men to behave yes. right. I I I don't yes. I don't a- asking men, men uh, to not desire any other woman in the world uh, is like asking men to only desire one food. It, it, <laughs> so I, I don't I I don't work on desires. I work on behavior. Just when a yes, man marries, yes. he has to know, I will be faithful despite my nature. And end of issue. And that's what yes. you do. And I agree. And yeah, are you, and are you married? Eyes wrong. That's right. No, yes, that's correct. I, I am. I am with a man that is in that 5%. You oh, said ninety five percent of men think yeah, like that's this, right. and yeah. and it's the first one ever. Okay, I'm blown away by it. But there. Well, why why aren't why don't you marry him? Well, <laughs> he hasn't asked. <laughs> I see. I, Yet. I, and okay. Well, I hope he asks. Let Let me put it to you that way. Thank you for calling. He might be in the 5%, and since the odds are 95 to 5 against it, I'm not sure. And I don't think it matters. It's part of what makes a man masculine. It just is. And then even more masculine is controlling himself. That's really masculine. You have a much better chance of controlling yourself when you know what it is you have to control. And you sort of make peace with it. This is my battle. This is virtually every good man's battle. And a a woman can help in many, many ways. But the fact is, that is what it is. All right, that's the reason for the male-female hour, to be honest about the two sexes. Okay, Brad in Atlanta, Georgia, hello. Hi. Hi. Yeah, um, yeah the reason why I called, I'm not really, uh, when you had had this topic come up, um, I, I just found out my wife had an affair uh, with more than... Uh, one person uh, recently. And, uh, I'm an Orthodox Jew, and I, in being an Orthodox Jew, we, I'm very private about these things. Um, my wife is an extremely attractive woman, and I've we have kids, and I've moved past it and uh, forgiven uh, what she's done. The problem is she's not um, physically 
attractive to me anymore. Um, I don't look the way I did when we had met. I was a, um, a professional athlete and um, obviously don't look physically. Well, how old are you? I'm 31. How old are you? Yeah, hold on with me. Hello, my friends. Dennis Prager here. Man, I greatly admire Senator from Texas, Ted Cruz. He's a fighter. As you know, my theory, there are not many fighters. And he is. He's written a a brand new book, just came out, Unwoke, How to Defeat Cultural Marxism in America. It's worth noting that his parents fled communism, so he has some intimate knowledge. My parents did not flee communism, but I do have intimate knowledge of it since that's what I studied, and I went to communist countries repeatedly. And to see cultural Marxism come to the United States is uh, is mind-blowing, to say the least. How to defeat cultural Marxism in America? Okay, Senator Ted Cruz, take it away. How do we do that? Well, Dennis, it, it, it's great to be with you. Thank you for having me. Uh, so what this book does is, is, is really two things. Number one, and it examines how it is that the radical left seized virtually every major institution in America. And so mm-hmm. each chapter of the book examines a different institution. The first chapter is universities, and, and I call universities the Wuhan lab of the woke virus. It's, it's where it was created. It. It's where it <laughs> mutated. That's great. And it's where it spread. It's where it all came from. The next it chapter Wait, it didn't, from, it didn't come from a bat? Uh, it, well, I don't know what they were doing with a bat, but, but, but <laughs> it, it, it ended up spreading everywhere else. So from universities, the book goes on to talk about K through 12 education and then journalism and then government and then big business and then big tech and then entertainment, Hollywood, movies, TV, sports, music, and then science, the politicization of science. And the last chapter in the book is on China. And China is a central nexus that ties them all together. And what the book does is it lays out how and why the radical left sees these institutions. And then secondly, it gives you a practical battle plan, real steps we can take to retake each and every one of those institutions, because I think if we don't retake the institutions, we're going to lose our nation. That's right. Everything the left touches, it destroys. It's one of the models of my life to understand what is happening. So when you talk, if you do even, when you talk to colleagues, almost every Democrat has succumbed to this. Yes. What what is your take? Do, Do they believe that, Western civilization is not superior to others. I mean, let's take the big picture. Yeah. Look, I I think the Democrats have been radicalized. Like when I got to the Senate 11 years ago, there was one open socialist in the Senate. That was Bernie Sanders. He was the only one who would admit he's a socialist. They're all socialists now. Bernie Sanders is now the chairman of the Senate Budget Committee. Yesterday, I and several other Republicans forced a vote on the Senate floor on providing emergency military funding, $14 billion of funding to Israel right now that's in the middle of a war. Every single Democrat voted no, all of them. And, and a big part of the reason, and, and, and that's what the, the book Unwoke discusses, 
is it breaks down how all of these institutions are, are interconnected. Part of the reasons the Democrats all voted against Israel funding is because journalism is broken. And so they know that their vote is not going to be on the six o'clock news. They know the New York Times is not going to talk about it. They know CNN is going to ignore it. And so it, it has driven them to the crazy lunatic left. And, and look, we're seeing it unfolding on college campuses all across the country. I know your heart is breaking and mine is as well. At the rabid anti-Semitism, we're seeing this is the manifestation of cultural Marxism taking over the universities, and, and it underscores the need to fight to take them back. Look, we're seeing it in San Francisco right now with Biden meeting with Xi. Now, as you know, what liberal politicians have done to San Francisco is truly tragic, and yet magically, Right before the meeting, they came in and they cleaned out the homeless people. They cleaned out the drug users. They stopped people from injecting drugs in the open streets. They stopped people from defecating in the streets and everything's sparkling. And it makes you wonder, wait a second, these same clowns told us yesterday that there was nothing they could do about homelessness or crime or drug use. And yet when the head of the Chinese Communist Party arrives, it magically is cleaned. And it makes you wonder, why didn't they do this a week ago? for the residents of San Francisco. Do Americans not matter? And, and that's another manifestation of, of, of cultural Marxism, this extreme ideology, regardless of the consequences. God, everything you said is eloquent and true. The, the San Francisco issue raises the obvious reaction. Do they have no shame? We can't do anything about homelessness and drug use and public defecation. And then they do something about it because she arrives. Yep. But the, may, I, I think you answered why, though. It just occurs to me because the press won't report it. Look, they did the exact same thing when Joe Biden came to El Paso, which they touted as his trip to the southern border where they came into El Paso and they cleaned up the cities and they removed all the illegal immigrants from the street. And so Biden literally came to our southern border and the White House reported he didn't see a single illegal alien because they removed them for the Photoshop. Oh, I didn't know and, that. I did not know that. Oh, my God. It, it's the cynicism of and, and this is what the book explains, that, that there's a reason for this. The policies of the radical left are wildly unpopular. Uh no rational person supports abolishing the police. No rational person supports open borders. No rational person supports surgically sterilizing and castrating young children. No rational person celebrates the atrocities of Hamas terrorists. So the way the radical left advances those policies are, number one, through force and coercion, through censorship, but number two, through indoctrination. And it's why they have targeted universities and K through 12 and journalism and entertainment because that's why they care about the photo ops. They don't actually want people to see the human suffering of their policies. And so they have to create a, a, a Hollywood Potemkin village, a, a false facade, because the truth of their policies is an absolute disaster. So, my dear listeners, the book is Unwoke. It's up at DennisPrager.com, How to Defeat Cultural Marxism in America. The number of people in po powerful political positions who understand this is extremely small. 
no Democrat, and even most Republicans, which does raise an interesting question, and I don't ask this to be provocative at all. How many of your Republican colleagues know what you're saying? You know, frustratingly, not nearly enough. And and we have a problem in Washington. We have a problem with, number one, the Democrats have gone to the radical left, but a lot of the Republicans, they're, they're afraid to fight on these issues. We have battles with our own leadership in the Senate, where, frankly, yesterday, when, when I and others forced to vote on Israel funding, Republican leadership in the Senate was furious with us for doing that because, because they don't fight, they don't battle, they don't have the urgency that we got. Our country, I think, is hanging by a thread. And, 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 and listen, mm-hmm. the, the urgency of it, as you mentioned, that this book starts by telling my family story. And my father was born and grew up in Cuba. He fought in the Cuban Revolution. He actually fought alongside Fidel Castro. And he was imprisoned. He was tortured in Cuba. And, 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 and he fled and came to America seeking freedom. My aunt, my Tia Sonia, was there after the revolution succeeded. She fought in the counter-revolution. And she was imprisoned and tortured by Castro's thugs. And a story that I tell right at the outset, Dennis, that, 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 that will have a real impact on you, it is a story my grandmother, my abuela, told me. She was a sixth grade teacher in Cuba. And she said when Castro and the revolution succeeded, he almost immediately sent his army into the elementary schools. And the soldiers would go into kindergartens and first grades. And they'd tell the students, the little kids, they'd say, close your eyes and pray to God for candy. And the kids would do so. They'd open their eyes. There'd be no candy. And then they'd tell the same children, they'd say, close your eyes and pray to Fidel Castro for candy. And the kids would do so. And the soldiers would quietly slip a piece of candy on each of their desks. That's what Marxism is. It is indoctrination. It is designed to destroy your allegiance to God, to family, to anything other than the all-powerful state. And we are seeing it controlling institutions throughout our nation, which is why this book, I think it is so urgent that that we be empowered to take them back. Yeah. Well, again, and, and people know I don't, I don't do this normally. I don't even generally have folks in the Senate or House on. Not, I'm not against them. I just don't. You are a, an invaluable voice, Senator Cruz. The book is Unwoke, How to Defeat Cultural Marxism in America. Look forward to talking to you again. Thank you, Dennis. I appreciate it. You can get it on Amazon. And by the way, it makes a fantastic Christmas gift. Get it for your mom, your best friend. Get it for your kids so they can understand the poison right. that they're trying to be indoctrinated with. Thank you, sir. Okay, everybody, that was actually very important. I did not know about that Senate vote. Every Democrat voted no for funding Israel right now. And, of course, Jews will continue to vote Democrat in one of the great acts of of self-destruction in Jewish history. It's, It's really remarkable. I don't know if the Democrats could do anything to shake that, and and other liberals, non-Jews as well. If they, if they, it's a pretty obvious moral issue, they're not asking for American troops. Never did. Wow, what what times we're living in?
when I see how many people are now uh, being arrested, was it Tucker? Did Tucker Carlson have this? Uh, yeah, Tucker Carlson had this man on. He put up a he put up a sort of cartoon or meme, a joke, five years ago or so, about uh, you know, text your vote for Hillary Clinton to uh, to this uh, text. It was a joke. And now, what is it, almost nine years later, he's given a 10-year sentence in prison, 10-year for conspiracy. And I, I just keep reading about people arrested, about people who are put in solitary confinement because they entered the Capitol on that day, the staggering damage done during the during the George Floyd riots, and virtually nobody sentenced to any jail time. Take taking over public institutions, that they labeled this an insurrection. I said I condemned the the entering the Capitol the moment I found out about it. It happened during my show at the very end. I condemned it then. It was wrong. It was stupid, but it wasn't an insurrection. It's a gigantic lie. But lying is part of leftism because truth is not a left-wing value. Uh, we just constantly, constantly hear of people being racist, sexist, misogynist, right? What is it? Six herbs. Sexist, intolerant, xenophobic, homophobic, Islamophobic, racist, bigoted. That's what they do rather than say, is what the person said true is not a left-wing question. Just what name can we call this person? This country's in danger, my friends. And I am the anti-hysteric. You want an example of the sickness that pervades our uh, our our universities? Here, here's one for you. This guy, I know about this guy for years. I think I once had him on the show, Peter Singer. He's the uh, the father of animal liberation. Princeton professor calls sex with animals thought-provoking. American Greatness has this piece. A professor at Princeton University tweeted that he considered the idea of humans having sex with animals to be thought-provoking. According to the Daily Caller, Peter Singer, a bioethics professor at Princeton's University Center for Human Values. Get that? Human Values. I love it. He also describes himself as an animal rights activist. In the tweet in question, Singer posted a link to a journal article titled Zoophilia is Morally Permissible. Zoophilia is sex with animals. Which he described as thought-provoking and said challenges one of society's strongest taboos. This piece challenges one of society's strongest taboos and argues for the moral permissibility of some forms of sexual contact between humans and animals. This article offers a controversial perspective that calls for a serious and open discussion on animal ethics and sex ethics. That's what he posted on X. The article, written under the pseudonym Fira Bensto, declares that there is nothing wrong with humans having sex with animals. It was first published in October in the Journal of Controversial Ideas. Sex with animals is a powerful social taboo that exposes its practitioners to utmost indignation and stigma, the article reads in part. Zoophilia is one of the few sexual orientations 
along with, for example, necrophilia or pedophilia, that remain off-limits and have been left aside from the sexual liberation movement in the past 50 years. I would like to argue that this is a mistake. There is, in fact, nothing wrong with having sex with animals. It is not inherently problematic sexual practice. Yes. Singer has voiced other bizarre opinions in the past, they write, including arguing that people should avoid eating meat in order to prevent global warming and to encourage a more humane treatment of animals. I'm, by the way, on board with your humane treatment of animals. I'm radically on board with it. But uh, not to to prevent global warming. He believes animals and, and humans are of equal value. By the way, there is no secular argument against uh, zoophilia, as they call it, or bestiality, as it has been known. There is no secular argument against it. The argument that the animal didn't give permission is absurd. No animal is given permission to be in your house, to be your pet. And by the way, to the best of my knowledge, PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, does in fact argue that we should not have pets. It's like having prisoners, and it's true. That's right. You're imprisoning an animal when you have a pet. That is that is a fact. So the argument that the animal didn't give consent is absurd since the animal didn't give consent to be a pet. The only argument is a religious one. That is that human beings and animals are distinctly different and that it... it It is a tremendous reduction in the value of the human being, the dignity of the human being, the creation in God's image of the human being to engage in such behavior with an animal. That's the only argument. As I've argued about nudity, there's no no secular argument against public nudity, none. There's only a religious argument. And by the way, it has to do with animals. Animals go around naked, people go around clothed. They show their genitalia, we hide our genitalia. I've spent my life discussing one overwhelming subject, the consequences of secularism. One of the consequences of secularism, I've just described two, with the nudity and the bestiality, but more direct difference now, obvious one, is the, the moral breakdown of society. Religious America supports Israel. Secular society is divided. Now... Maybe they're both wrong. Hamas and Israel. 1-8 Prager 776. 1-8 Prager 776 The foundations of our republic are being destroyed. John Adams said this country was made for a moral and religious people who will not work for any other. Well, that's it. That's correct. The great error, if there was one fundamental error made in the society, it was the belief in secularism. We don't need God or the Bible to be a better nation. Everyone who said that was wrong, 100% wrong. Iran needs secularism. I couldn't agree with you more, but not this country. Not Britain, not the West. West was founded on Judeo-Christian foundations. A lot of Christians failed those foundations, but they were there. 
Is it too late? I have no idea. How could I know? It's not too late if we are allowed to make this case, but they shut us up. See, that's the point. They shut us up literally by censoring us. That's how I answered one of the young people who wrote in to me on my fireside chats that I do every week. I've done 310 of them for PragerU every single week. And one wrote in, how do I know, Dennis, who's telling the truth? And I said, well, the best single way is find out who's censoring. They're the liars. The people telling the truth are okay with other views, even with lies, because we'll win. Truth will win. But if truth is not allowed to speak, if we're shut down by Google, the despicable people who run Google, the despicable people who run YouTube, the despicable people who run Facebook, if if we're if they shut down differing views under the lie of misinformation, exactly what fascist and communist regimes did, misinformation, we won't allow that. If you don't hear it from the government, it is not true, said the Prime Minister of New Zealand, straight-faced. If you do not hear it from the government, it is not true. You can Why is that different? Of that information. Uh, you can also trust the Director General of Health and the Ministry of Health. COVID19.govt.nz. Otherwise, dismiss anything else. We will continue to be your single source of truth. We will provide information frequently. We will share everything we can, uh, everything you are, else you see, um, a grain of salt. And, and when you see those messages, remember that unless you hear it from us, um, it is not the truth. The single source of truth. The single source of truth. The CDC and NIH, were they the single source of truth? They disseminated lies, like the origins of the virus, like the usefulness of masks, like the safety of the vaccine. They lied. Pure, unadulterated lying. Okay. And then tell you they're the single source of truth. Only will work with a religious people, said John Adams. And he was talking about the Judeo-Christian tradition. Because he said he was big on the Judeo just as he was on the Christian. The Hebrews changed the world, he said. Term that they used for Jews at the time. So people, including many of my fellow American Jews, bought the lie, the idiocy, that we don't need God in the Bible to make a good society. The number of fools among the educated is almost equal to the number of educated. Look at the moral chaos, the utter moral chaos. Vast numbers of Americans can't tell the difference between Hamas and Israel. Couldn't tell the educated were telling us that there wasn't much of a difference between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. I know it. I was taught that. I went when I was at Columbia, the Russian Institute. That was my field. Remember how Reagan was condemned? Or if you don't remember, you don't have to live it. You could remember it by reading about it. 
how he was condemned for saying the Soviet Union was an evil empire. It wasn't an evil empire? Really? What was it? Uh, Bob in Hollywood. Hello. Hollywood, California. There are many Hollywoods. Yes. Can you hear me? Well. Can you hear me? Good. Well. My brother's a fan of yours. I'm not. Well, I, uh, I, it doesn't. Then I, 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 it's very, it's funny, and I salute you because you're listening and you don't agree. So it's to your credit. I don't agree. I'm a follower of Ayn Rand's objectivist philosophy. I'm sure you're familiar with, and more in keeping with her thinking on all these matters. Uh, I certainly believe in freedom of religion, as she said. Freedom from religion is also important because this shouldn't be a theocracy, which I think the Republicans tend to lean us into. We have to have a separation of church and state. Yeah, well, let me, all right, stick. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds, like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.